Hello, and welcome to It's Just Life. On today's episode, we will be talking with Lisa Kunst, my mom, about abusive relationships. This episode gets a little more serious than the others, and we do get into some graphic topics and real violence. Viewer discretion is advised. With that, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. welcome to the podcast today today's episode is centered around relationships but not the typical relationships like the other episode we're talking specifically about abusive relationships today i have on with me my mom lisa kunst hi lisa hi mckenna thanks for having me it's an honor it's great to have you on today yeah i'm i'm feel very honored to have you on today on the podcast to talk to you about something that you know makes you feel a little vulnerable and is a little personal so thank you for having the courage to talk about it and hopefully it'll help somebody who's in the same situation yeah i hope that it can be useful information for somebody that may or may not be going through the situation or may not recognize that they're in an abusive relationship so if i can help somebody else then i'm happy to Yeah, that's really admirable and really glad to have you on. So with that, why don't we jump right in? Great. So what are your experiences with relationships and love, just in general? Well, in general, I feel like I always wanted to have a good relationship because as a young person, I really wanted to just have a big family. I wanted to have a lot of kids. I wanted to be a part of their lives. I wanted to do a lot of fun things with them. And so I think as a young person, I was really just looking for somebody to have a relationship with so I could get on with having a family. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think a lot of people want to have a family. Uh, I don't know if they're thinking about it when they're y- that young, but I think everybody at some point in their life really wants to settle down and you know make roots. I agree. Yeah. So how did that kind of um, bring you to where you are today? Well, it was, it evolved very slowly, honestly. Um, I had a couple of relationships that were very long-term. My first relationship, my first marriage um, wasn't very long, but I did have two children out of it. My oldest two, Caitlin and, and Sarah. And I really didn't recognize that, that that relationship was abusive until later on. And it wasn't until my last really abusive relationship. And when I talked to a counselor and, and I told them some of the situations that I was dealing with with my first relationship, and they said, wow, you know, that, that's very abusive, but I didn't really look at it as abusive. Um, because I, I guess being neglected is also a form of abuse. And in that relationship, my husband was really just neglecting me all the time. He was never home. Um, he wouldn't show up when he was supposed to be around. And it was just really difficult when you're working and you have two kids and you need that other person to help you with things and they're not there and it was very frustrating at times so i didn't really realize that it was 
abusive until later. Yeah, I feel like that happens with a lot of those relationships and it's, you know, you don't understand what you're going through until either you have some sort of event or thing that kind of makes you realize what's going on. And I feel like a lot of time that's the most saddest part about being in an abusive relationship is that you don't even realize that you're being abused. Exactly. And I think that's the the hardest part is is a lot of women feel like they're so in love with this person and this person is being really abusive, but you know, there there's a saying that love covers many things. And when you really love someone, when somebody's hurting you, you want you don't want to think that that person that you love so much is hurting you. Yeah. And once you recognize it, I think that's when you can really make steps to make a change. Definitely. And and most of the time it even if, you know, the people that are around you, say like family members or close friends are telling you that this isn't good, like you're like blinded, you know. You 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 don't even hear the the cries of the people that are around you that only want to surround you with love that they're trying to help you and you just see it as, "Oh, well, you're just telling me you're just jealous of my my love essentially and and it's really sad yes and that that is a form and i didn't i didn't really experience that in my very bad relationship and we can slowly um move into that yeah of course uh, i then eventually married your dad and um i i didn't uh i didn't feel like i was in in an abusive relationship with your dad. He was a really nice guy and um I just felt like he had other priorities and I wasn't his priority. And so then I moved into my third marriage and that's when um I really got in some trouble. Yeah. But before we get too into that, I wanted to know what was your view of abusive relationships before you went into your third marriage? Uh, like I said, I didn't feel like I was ever in an abusive relationship and I didn't recognize it. And I would see, you know, shows where women were I I always thought thought that an abusive relationship was a woman getting beat up physically. I didn't um think that you could be abused financially or, or emotionally. I mean, to an extent emotionally, but mostly I just thought of, you know, the battered women syndrome where the the husband or the boyfriend would beat them up and and then you know say i'm sorry or whatever and and move on and that person because they they you love them you you never leave them yeah yeah i can and i, I agree can. about what you said about family. you know sometimes you know your family sees it and you don't yes because they're they're on the outside looking in they're not experiencing it when you're in that kind of situation or if you're somebody who's looking at like a loved one who's in that sort of situation it's you can see better because you're not blinded by that love and those feelings that come with that relationship i agree yeah so how did your relationship with your third marriage start did it start out right away going into the abuse or was it did it start slowly what what happened in that relationship the abuse didn't start until later on 
And it wasn't because my husband was abusive. He actually treated me very, very well. He was very nice to me. He was nice to my kids. Um, he really kind of spoiled me. And unfortunately, right after we got married, he was in an accident driving a truck and he ended up hurting his back severely and he had to have some surgeries. And as a result of that, because of the pain, the doctor had given him a lot of um, pain medication. He became addicted to the pain medication and it really changed his personality, his demeanor. And it was like night and day. And it was a slow, gradual thing in, in the sense that as he was becoming more and more addicted to the medication, it, it, was, it came to a point where he was taking more than was prescribed and he was looking for it on the street. So it was, it was really affecting him in a very negative way. And in turn, he was very paranoid and he would just start taking that out on me. And it was really kind of scary. And I didn't want my friends or my family to know about it. So I didn't ever say anything. I didn't want them to say to me, um, oh, you got to leave him. Because at that point, after being married a couple times, this was it for me. I wasn't going to get married again. I felt like I was in a good situation. And so nobody really knew what was going on until the very end. Yeah. And that's a story in it. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Cause I, when I was, you know, at that age, I was like six years old when we met him. And when yeah. you started dating him and then you left him after a few years later, later I think I was like 11 or 12, I think it was 11. And even going through that, like, I, we didn't know anything. Even though we were staying at your house those weekends, we didn't know anything. And maybe partly is because, you know, we were children. But it, it did seem like at some points that something was off. But again, you know, if I was a little older or mature, I might have been able to do something about it. But then again, it's that sort of lullness of uh, you're not going to listen to me anyway because you're it's so in love with this person but it's kind of terrible that people can completely change just from being addicted to medication. And it was awful that he got into an accident and it's awful that he, he, you know, got addicted to that medication. Maybe things would have turned out differently if that didn't happen, but you can't think of the what ifs. Exactly. Because you just don't know. And I always felt like I hoped and I prayed that he would come off the medication and then he would just get better. And I, it, it wasn't just one surgery, it was several surgeries. And it, it just seemed like every time he went in, he had to have more and more medication because he had built up a tolerance for it. So it really, it was sad for him and it was sad for us because um, there was an extension of you know other factors other family members that were 
going down that same road and it, it was just really difficult because they all were just kind of in this thing together and I'm on the outside because I didn't do drugs and I'm like what's going on something needs to change and whenever I would speak up I would get in trouble yeah I mean saying it lightly getting in trouble it's it kind of has like a sort of forebodingness to it yeah but yeah, it's like they were enabling all each other for their bad habits. And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just affecting them. It was affecting the people around them. And I was very concerned because, like you said, you and Wiley were very young. And um, this relationship was over a course of seven years, to be exact. And it wasn't until the last three years that things were really bad. Like yeah. I said, it kind of built up to that. And it, it would, it, one incident would happen where he would hurt me and then he would see that he hurt me and he would feel really bad because I didn't doubt in my mind that he loved me. I really felt like he loved me and he would apologize and it would be a cycle. It would be, he would hurt me, leave a bruise. Oh, I'm really sorry. I can't believe I did that to you. You, you mean everything to me. And I believed him. I believed him every single time he was so sincere. And so I would forgive him and we it would just move on. It would be another day. Just became like a vicious cycle of, I, I love you and you're so sincere in this moment that you're apologizing to me, then I, this must be the moment where you change. And it just happens all over again. Exactly. Yeah, yes. that's very awful. And it was scary. Moving forward, um, I think that what was really pivotal to me was... Um, there was an incident where my husband grabbed me by the throat and picked me up and, and threw me against the radiator. And I thought he was going to kill me. And I called the police and they came to our house. And I clearly had a mark on my neck. And because he knew the police in town, because he worked in construction, um, and they were friends and they did detail work for him, they wouldn't arrest him. They understood that he had a, a CDL license and they knew that if they arrested him, he would lose that and certain things would, would happen. That's awful. And he would, when those things happened, he would shut my phone off so that I couldn't call people. Like I, I wanted to call my sister that night and he shut my phone off. So what I ended up doing was I had a little iPod and I could email through the Wi-Fi, and I sent her some pictures of the bruises from that night. And um, she was worried because she couldn't call me. And this was when I started to tell friends and family what was, what was happening. And, um, the next day, she sent the state police to our house for a wellness check. And the next morning, they came. They came to the door and they said to him, you know, that my sister was worried and they wanted to talk to me. And he was just like, don't have me thrown in jail. I love you. And again, it was the whole, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm really sorry. And 
I think that's when I kind of decided that I needed to get out. And I, I went down to the police and I told them I was fine. I didn't want them to get arrested. I still loved him. And they left. And that's when I started kind of planning my escape. Oh, wow. That's, that's insane, Mom. I actually never really knew about that story. And uh, it just... Uh, I didn't think you did. No, it, it kind of baffles me that you Again, like, went through that. It's kind of like I said, I didn't, like, I didn't want my kids to see that, you know, and you're older now, you're 21. And, you know, you just don't want to, it's embarrassing. It, you know, it's like you don't want your friends or your family to know that your husband who was supposed to love you is hurting you. Yeah. To continue on with that, um, uh, that's like kind of showing the the forms of abuse in the vicious cycle where you're not only like, you know, it's, he's trying to control you in a way like your phone and like, you know, your communication to the outside. And it's awful that he was able to get out of being arrested just because he knew some people in the police force. That just makes me uh, a little sad for those police officers that, that came to see you that night. Yeah, I think that if something really bad would have happened, that um, somebody would have had to have been held accountable. Uh, fortunately, uh, I, I'm alive and um, he didn't uh, do anything else after that. I think that once the police had come, he, he kind of calmed down and uh, he left me alone. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. I think he realized that he was out of control and anyway, it's well, it's really sad to talk about it because yeah. I, I don't believe that's who he is as a person. Well, how did it affect you during and after? During I was I was frightened. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I had been out of the workforce for a couple of years. I was helping him with his business. So I didn't have any consistent job history. So I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to get a job and be able to support my, my family and myself. And so I really just, I didn't really know what to do. Um, and it wasn't until I really just started thinking about all right, how am I, how am I going to get out of this situation? I, I don't want my kids to be around this. I can't be a good parent if I'm in this situation anymore. So I just started coming up with a plan. I, I, I really think it made me strong and the, and the effect that I wasn't going to let this ruin me. And I wanted to just get past it and just figure out what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? And I needed to just put my thoughts in order and that's just what I started doing. And it took me about six months to figure out exactly what I was gonna do. Yeah, from the event where he, you know, where the police came and then to when you actually left or? Yeah, yeah. so that was like six months? Yes. Yeah. That's still a yeah, long I time. I had to find a place to stay. I had to come up with the courage to ask somebody to let me stay with them for a little while. I had to find a job. Um, I had to put my car on the road. He had given me a car that he had bought me 
And so my car that I had when I met him was literally in the back of the yard and it hadn't been driven in years. So I had to figure out how am I gonna get my car running? How am I gonna get out of here? Cause he wasn't gonna let me take anything. And then one day I just came home and I said, I'm leaving. And it was a very crazy situation. He went off the rails. He just started flipping out. Like if he accused me of cheating on him. He said, who's the guy? And I'm like, there is nobody. I'm just leaving because I'm not gonna put up with this abuse anymore. And he didn't like it that I called it abuse. He didn't wanna be known as abusive because he, he wanted to be the pioneer, uh, well, not pioneer, that's not a good word for it, but he wanted to be the person of anti-abuse because he was very abused as a child. And it was something that he wrote about and he talked about and so he was just kind of ironic when i yeah i know i know um, he was the subject so of abuse I, and then I he love, became the abuser yeah but he to this day he doesn't feel like he he feels like he made some mistakes and he's apologized but um he doesn't consider it abuse and there was it, there was more than just the emotional and physical abuse it was also financial abuse where he would not I didn't have access to to money I would have to ask uh, for money and I would have to ask for a specific amount and a lot of times he didn't give it to me he he just he wouldn't you know if I was going food shopping he would come with me and in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is great. He wants to go shopping with me. But as time went on and I needed money for groceries or whatever, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't just give me money to, to do certain things. And it was frustrating. I, I remember one time I wanted to buy a pair of shoes because I, I only wore sneakers because I would work an event for my sister and I would get free merchandise. And so I had a lot of sneakers and I, and I wanted a pair of shoes so that I could dress up a little and he wouldn't give me the money to buy shoes. I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, a girl's gotta have her shoes. You don't, know, you don't mess a with a girl's now. shoes. <laughs> that's right. Oh. <laughs> uh, but that, that's really awful, mom. And I, I, the only thing I remember from financially from when we were younger is knowing that he made you max out all your credit cards. He did. Yeah. He did. He used my credit cards. And uh, then when we were splitting up, he gave me, I had like five credit cards and he handed them to me and there were balances on all of them. And I had to figure out how to pay them and fix my credit. And hmm. I'm just like... He, he said, well, you know, I got to pay the credit cards that I own. You have to pay the credit cards that you own. And I didn't, I didn't have any money to get a lawyer. We basically just went to the courthouse and filed for divorce. And we had an agreement. He had agreed to give me a certain amount of money over a period of time, which I, I got part of it, but not all of it. And I, I just didn't want to deal with him. So I didn't even pursue it. I just started working and I just got a better job. I just kept getting a better job after that. Yeah. And I got a place to stay. 
and I just kept doing things to better myself and I got very strong. I think it made me strong, yeah. stronger. Definitely. I mean, the things and the experiences that we go through through life, it, even if they're really tough, if we can pull through it in the end, it will only make us a stronger person. You got to keep looking forward at that light at the end of the tunnel. I agree. You have to have a goal. And I think that's, it was important to have a plan put together so that I can yeah. do one thing at a time. And the first thing that I, that I had to figure out was where, where was I going to go? And then I needed to figure out where was I going to work? And so, yeah. And question to you would be, was your kids and like, your kids' well-being and the people around you, knowing that you had people around you, was that sort of like another driving factor in getting out of that relationship? Do you think that people are more successful in getting out of those kind of relationships if they have that sort of drive to them? I do. I feel like I, because I had children that I loved and I didn't want to um, see them get hurt, I didn't, I, I wanted to be a good parent to my children and you can't be a good parent if you're not happy. I feel like if you're a miserable person because you're in a bad relationship, it's hard to be a good parent. And it was important that my kids were happy. And if I was unhappy, I it, it's hard to make your kids happy if you're struggling. And so it was impor very important to me to have my children and it gives you a, a sense of of worth because you want them to see you doing okay you yeah. I don't think anyone wants their children to see them getting hurt or unhappy it makes it difficult yeah to raise good kids and I remember like being younger I remember being younger and just seeing you be hurt like and those rare moments where you showed your vulnerability and the only thing I wanted to do for you was comfort you. But, you know, being that age, it's like, you don't know what to do. And I remember you saying, oh, don't worry about it. I'm fine, I'm fine. And it's like, I can see how, you know, you wouldn't want to show that sort of weakness to your ch children. Yes, I I'll give you a, a um, for instance, we were shopping, you and me actually at Barnes and Noble. And I think Wiley was with us and, Josh Groban started playing in Barnes and Noble and you guys were just kind of off looking at your books and stuff and my husband and I we used to listen to the CD of Josh Groban and and he would sing to me and he he would sing to me like Josh Groban and this song came on in Barnes and Noble and I literally just started crying and I just kept thinking I can't believe I got away. I, you know, and I missed him. I, it was really, it, it took a while for me not to miss him. It took a while and it was hard not to go back. Uh, I really, I really loved him. And it was, it was, it was hard, but my kids, you, you guys were more important to me than being in a, a, a relationship where I, I, I wasn't gonna see you thrive because I wasn't thriving. So yeah. yes, it was a driving force. Yeah, mom. Is it still affecting you to this day psychologically? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think about it in a negative way anymore. And I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't hate 
my ex-husband. I'm still friends with them. And psychologically, I, I think it made me a little harder around the edges. Because sometimes, you know, I something will happen and my new husband is really wonderful. But once in a while he'll, I don't know if it's something he says or something he does. And I just kind of, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but then I got to remember that uh, it took me a while, actually. I got to remember that he's not that same person as my ex-husband and he's not going to hurt me. He's not going to yell at me. He's not going to swear at me. He's not going to, you know, hurt me financially. He wants to love me and take care of me and, and cherish me. And, um, but yes, once in a while it does come up and, and it makes me a little sad, but I always try to think about the positive and that I, I'm doing very well now. I'm very happy. Um, I ended up having a career. I ended up becoming an activities director and that helped me move forward so I could buy a house and I bought my own car and I paid off all my credit cards and I have great credit and, and I, I wouldn't have been able to do all that in that relationship. I haven't been able to do that in any relationship. Yeah. I, I never bought a house on my own. I never bought a house on my own. The house that your dad and I bought, we bought together. And that was the only house that, well, I had a, another house back in the day, but that doesn't really count. It, was, it wasn't even worth mentioning. It wasn't worth a lot of money. But um, having a career and being able to support my, my kids and having a space that I got all on my own, that must have been very like I mean, liberating. That's a positive. It was. When I got the keys to my house, I was just so excited. I was like, wow, I did it. And and my goal was when I left, I was gonna buy a new car or a newer car, not a brand new car. I was gonna get well, my first goal was to get a better job. I was going to get a newer car and I was gonna buy my own house. And I did all those things. That's amazing, Mom. It is amazing. Yeah. And, and I feel like it was a it was a rough road but you persevered through it and you got out of a situation where it, it seems impossible to get out of and you built yourself up again from essentially the, the rock bottom but that's you know the thing when you get to rock bottom the only the only way is up that's right and I literally left with uh whatever I could fit in my car and I just started over. I eventually got some things because I did, you know, have an apartment and he, he realized that I wasn't coming back. So he did give me some of my things that were personal that I had before him and I got together. Um, but I still was just starting from the very, very beginning. Yeah. Well, what did you learn and take away from that experience that sort of you know, helped you? I learned that you can't rely on other people to make you happy. You can't rely on other people to make you successful. You have to do it on your own because you're always going to be let, I don't want to say always, that people will let you, will let you down. You, you can take care of yourself 
people will let you down. And sometimes they don't mean to, but when you're Everybody's in a relationship their, and you're... Everybody's got yes, their story about. Right. I, I just, I just, what I learned was you have to have a fallback always. And that might be kind of like one of the side effects of that bad relationship is that I feel like I, that you need to have a fallback. You need to have, you need to have something to lean on if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Cause, and I don't know if that's necessarily something that you learn that I learned from that, but it's how I feel now. No, I understand where I believe that your success and your happiness comes from you alone just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you're with your other half. You already are a, a whole and complete person. And to navigate through this life and this society that we live in, you have to rise up through your own power. And there are people that around you that may be there to help you in, on your journey, but it's your journey alone. That's right. And you can always change it, you know? Can always, it can always change. Because like I said, I wanted to meet somebody when I was younger, have a ton of kids, and my my journey has taken a lot of twists and turns to get to where I'm at. Um, I did have four kids, so that's still considered a lot of kids. I do <laughs> feel like I had a lot of fun with my kids. Yeah, we had a lot of fun growing and up. And I'm still having fun with my kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we did some good things, and I feel like I, I tried to spend as much time with you guys as much as I could and, and and do things that were meaningful that you wouldn't forget. Yeah, I still remember all those times where we used to go to Water Country or Canopy Lake Park and the bunch of other things that we used to do. And, you know, I, I love that you still wanted to do that with us, even though you were going through something that was so emotionally and, and physically wrecking to yourself. Well, it was kind of my escape. If you think about it, I got to get away because he didn't come get to get away with my kids and have a fun day and not think about what was going to happen at home. Yeah. Well, the final question I have for you today is any advice you could give to people that were in a similar situation? What is the thing that they should do to, to help them get out of that? That's a really hard question too, because I feel like everybody is different. And I think there's a lot of different help in your community I think reaching out I think if I would have reached out to people sooner I would have had more help and and leaving sooner but I know that it's scary and you just need to overcome your fear because it's it's terrifying being there but it's so liberating getting out of there and if it's just that you need to call a friend and say this is happening to me help me you know because it's it's good to have somebody else who you can talk to and it wasn't until the very end and i had told my friends my my best friend and my other good friend about it and and they were just like they couldn't even believe it and they were like okay well we can this is what we can do to help you so i think reaching out trying not to be afraid i i think the very first time you decide to leave that bad relationship is the scariest and just have courage and ask people to help you and there's a lot of help out there for for 
any person in an abusive relationship. And it's not just women, it's children. If you see children that are with abusive parents, say something. If, you know, it's your friend and you see some of the signs, maybe you just need to dig a little deeper. Um, but if you're in the situation, have courage, have faith, and eventually you're gonna make a decision to get out. And once you make that first step, I think that that's the important thing is making the first, the first step. Yeah. And then you can move forward. They always and it say could be just a little step. They always say that the hardest step is the first one to take. That's right. Yeah. And you know what? Then you take another one, and then the next thing you know, you're walking, and the next time, next thing you know, you're running. And that's what I feel like happened to me. So. Well, that's awesome. That's an amazing story, Mom. I really thank you for coming on and, and sharing and, and being so vulnerable with us today. Well, I hope I was helpful. I definitely think that people listening in can take something from your experience to either help themselves realize the, what kind of situation that they're in or even help somebody else that they know is in this sort of situation. But yeah, do you have any... um? closing statements or thoughts that you would like to tell anybody? I do believe that people change. Um, I do believe that just because you're an abuser, you don't have to stay an abuser. I believe that um, there can be some forgiveness. Uh, I definitely forgive my ex-husband. I still care about him and um, I, I do believe that he has gotten much better. I wouldn't ever go back to that but um hopefully moving forward in his new relationships he'll have learned something i know that i did yeah well thank you so much for being on the podcast today thanks for having me i'm baffled i i just really liked our conversation today and i hope uh our listeners uh, enjoyed it as well yeah it's funny um because i thought I didn't realize that I didn't talk to you about a lot of this stuff. And when you asked me to be on the podcast and uh, I wanted to talk about something a little more serious. So I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. It was an honor to have my mom on and talk about something that can be painful to remember. If you or a loved one is experiencing any form of abuse, I urge you to seek help, either from family or the National Domestic Violence Hotline, either at their website, thehotline.com, or phone number at 1-800-799-7233. Stay safe, and remember, it's just life.